You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Coming up on today's show, we start off with a visit from a London bruv. We talk Mike Vick's case for Hall of Fame and Miles Garrett's offensive prowess. Plus, we debate who we'd rather ride with, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. All of this and much, much more on the internationally distinguished Tomahawk Show. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. This is an institution of learning, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't control it, how can you teach? Discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the world-famous Tomahawk Show, presented by the good folks at Metal Arc Media and the DraftKings Network. As always, I'm your humblest of all co-hosts, Andrew Hawkins, former NFL player, media personality, and technically businessman. Doesn't mean I do it well, but I do do it. And I am joined, as always, by my humblest of all co-hosts, 10,363 consecutive snaps, the third member of the Yin Yang Twins, which would make them of Yin Yang Triplets, <laughs> Mr. 369. My dog, Joe Thomas, in the building. Joe, what's up, man? How you doing today? I'm doing tremendous. I got my buddy Paul Brown over here. He came all the way from London to visit us. He went to the Browns versus Colts game <laughs> and, believe it or not, is driving in a yellow school bus from Indianapolis to Seattle. And I'm sure he looked on the, the map of America and saw, hey, that doesn't look too far away. That'll only take me a few hours, being that uh, you can kind of get everywhere in Europe in just a couple hours. But uh, yeah. I think 35 hours on the bus, I would rather relive the 0-16 Brown season <laughs> than have to spend 35 hours on a yellow school bus. So give him a lot of props. And I uh, appreciate him stopping by to say hi because he's got his own podcast, actually, the Paul Brown podcast, I, which is all NFL, all Cleveland Browns focused over in the UK. The name Paul Brown for football makes way too much sense for you to be a, a Browns fan and also an American football fan. Also, that was the weirdest reveal because it just right to your shot and he's just standing there. That's number two. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I have a couple of questions for Paul Brown, who I who I know, and he's been a you know a big supporter of the Tomahawk Show from day one. We met way back in 2018. When we had our live show in Cleveland. But I got to shout out my guy, Juju Gotti, in the building. ATL Shardy. Juju, how you doing? I'm all right, man. We need to give Paul a chair or something, man. A stool or something, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like he fixing the internet. I got <laughs> <laughs> Paul definitely looks like he's an IT or he is a uh, referee right now who is looking at a, a official replay. Paul, so many questions. All right. Do you come to the games every year in America? Do you always come to, to games? Yeah, I try and come to five to ten games every year. Five to ten games every year. Okay, put a put a mental note in that. You also told me you kind of dumbed down your apparel to make look American, but you're typically in a suit when you're in the UK. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> right. if, if you see me in London, I wear a suit. Yeah. In America, I wear brown gear. There's, there's no, some... I, I'm I'm always in casual clothes on the weekends in brown gear, but when I work, I wear in a suit. All right. I'm going to ask you me. what area of 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 London you live in. You don't have to answer it, but the. There's follow-up questions. What area of London do you live in? Do you put that out uh, on your podcast? Not normally, no, but I live in central London, Mayfair. So. Okay, yeah. That's like, if it, people don't know, it's like the Beverly Hills of London. <laughs> so you come to 10 to 15 games a year. You dumb down your pair. You're wearing suits all day. What the hell do you do for a living? Because clearly you're rich. These are these are rich people activities. <laughs> that I'm, I'm normal... not rich, I'm afraid to say. I spend I spend all my money on traveling and coming to the Browns. So, uh, yeah. Just like most Browns fans. Just like... <laughs> all right, that makes that that makes sense. He's co- I, I, I flew into Chicago and got a Greyhound to Indian, Indianapolis. <laughs> I slept rough in a Greyhound I, in Chicago. Station, I call so. I call so yeah. much bullshit. It's not even funny. Yeah. All right, so you're, you're dumbed down apparel right now. You're wearing like. If anybody's ever seen Coming to America when the Princess Amunda comes, he he literally wears this exact same outfit. <laughs> this is like what he looks like to try to look American. Do you do an American accent? I can't. I, I can't do American accent. Do sorry. it. Do you give it a shot? Uh, coffee. 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 <laughs> That's a very New York accent. I All like right. it. Joe, do you do an, an England accent? 
Uh, it's no, the, I, I wouldn't even know what to say. So I you guys are trying not to offend each other. That's why I know. I know for <laughs> put a another fact shrimp that, on the Bobby. It's not English. It's all street. <laughs> it's Aussie, but that's about it. That is the worst. <laughs> that's actually. highly offensive. That was worse than I thought it would be. Um, there's no You're way welcome. you do an American football podcast, lifelong Cleveland Browns fan, come here for 10 to 15 games, and you have not practiced an American accent in a mirror, Paul. That's <laughs> bullshit. Never, never, never. Oh, that's Cap. Uh, Juju, what you think? Cap, What's that. the verdict? I think my brother is, is lying, Mike. <laughs> oh, that's I good. I think he and his wife are at uni. I go to uni, and it's uh, they lie about this thing. They're lying about that, bro. <laughs> he understands that he has to do an American accent if he comes on the Tomahawk show, yeah? Oh, oh that's that's solid, man. Hey, I'm very you know, I can bad. tell you've been to England recently. I've been there twice in the last six months. I love it there. My wife loved it there. We're definitely coming back. And when we come back, Paul, I'm gonna jump on your podcast, the Paul Brown Show. Right? Is that oh, what it's yeah. called? The Paul Brown Show? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh co-hosted by my dog Ian Wright, who yeah. is my guy, another big Browns fan. And I actually went to high school with his wife. So we is there's so many connections here. I'm so happy that you stopped in for us. On the Tomahawk show as one of the, one of our day ones, man. Thank you, Lord. I've now got a hundred, no, a thousand eight hundred miles to go to Seattle. Oh. Well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. a couple more minutes. You'll get be there, there. In no time. Your Uber is arriving <laughs> soon. All right. Shout out to Paul Brown, the richest person in London, who joined us here on the Tomahawk show. <laughs> that's All not right. true. Take care, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being on, Paul. Yes. Appreciate okay. it, man. Yes, Take care. Yep. We'll talk to you, buddy. I love it. All right. Let's get into some Tomahawk headlines while while we got you know the momentum going here. Number one. I want to talk about Michael Vick, which is this after just everything in London, it seems like a, a, a straight up reversal of where the hell we're going. But this is the first topic and we got to get into it. Michael Vick says he is not a Hall of Famer. Joe, you are a Hall of Famer. Michael Vick, mm -hmm. in his opinion, said that he did not do enough to be in the Hall of Fame, which I feel like most people would agree with. But do can you make a case for Michael Vick to be considered for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I can't make a case for him. I think he was one of those players and there's a lot of them in the NFL that had a really good short run that, mm -hmm. you know, it might push it a little bit more towards getting into the Hall of Fame because of what he did revolutionizing the quarterback position where now we see most quarterbacks, you have to be mobile, you have to be able to get outside the pocket and run and throw. Uh -huh. uh, and before that, almost all quarterbacks were just pocket guys. And you look back 20, 2004, 2005, 2006, he was really good. I think he was the runner-up NFL uh, MVP and he mm -hmm. ran for a thousand yards in 2006 and including 2,400 yards uh, passing. So he was a really, really good player for like a three or four year stretch, but just was not good for long enough to be able to get into the hall of fame. And that's really the litmus test. You got to have at mm -hmm. least about six or seven really, really good or great years to be able to be able to be considered a hall of famer or be in consideration for getting into the hall of fame. It is. I, I agree, but he is such an NFL legend. Like he literally revolutionized the game and so for those players what do you do with them is there not like an nfl like ring of honor or purgatory that you can put him in i, I guess a follow-up question to juju who is you know a georgia native are you a falcons fan of course you're a falcons fan right juju absolutely yeah. not i would not sequester okay. my heart to that type of punishment every okay. week with desmond ritter <laughs> at the helm <laughs> but like you said like joe say it, he wasn't good enough for long enough. I definitely agree. But in the hood of Atlanta, he is in the Hall of Fame, daddy. He's <laughs> he in the Black Hall of Fame. Martin Luther King and on the Madden Hall of Fame. He changed the whole, how the game is played. I didn't even know how to play Madden. I just run with him. So not the real <laughs> Hall of Fame, but a lot of other Hall of Fames. He's in there. Okay. Well, I mean, I think people were just kind of surprised because most players, no matter what they've done, they want to make the case that they're Hall of Famers, right? Most former players, especially someone like Michael Vick, who to get you guys' point was such like a generational talent and really did reshape and revamp what we thought about the quarterback position. Follow-up question on this. Who would you put in the Hall of Fame first? Which Falcons quarterback, Michael Vick or Matt Ryan? Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, since I wasn't prepared for that question, I actually don't know what Matt Ryan's stats would be. Don't make it statistical. Just what is your thought process? Because if you read the stats not, off, it might give a no, different no, no. story. I, I said stats, but I mean like biographical stats, because typically when you're making the case for the Hall of Fame, it's OK, how many all pros, how many Pro Bowls, how many NFL MVPs, and then where you stack up statistically as far as, you know, yards passing, touchdowns, those type of things. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I really have no idea where Matt Ryan was, because I can only remember one year where you would have considered him among the best three or four quarterbacks in the NFL. 
yeah. the rest of his career, he was a good quarterback, but he just wasn't great. Yeah. So I would actually put Michael Vick in before him because I think mm. Michael Vick had a star that was brighter when he was at his best because yeah. he was the best or maybe second best quarterback in the NFL uh-huh. for a one or two year period. Uh, and to your point before, he did revolutionize what the quarterback looks like in the NFL game where you have to be able to be mobile and you have to be able to get outside the pocket and use your legs. Yep. And so I think that always is another little like notch in your belt. Mm-hmm. When people are talking about your hall of fame candidacy is did you change the game in a way that's still being felt today? And that's, I guess that's the point, right? Like, so I, some of the stats, I think we talked about Michael Vick. He threw for like roughly 26,000 yards. I think he rushed for another four to 5,000 yards. But the litmus test of can you tell the NFL story without this player? Mike Vick passes that with flying colors 10 times out of 10, no matter who tells the story. Meanwhile, Matt Ryan is seventh on the all-time passing list with 62,000 yards passing. did their homework. And they're both four-time Pro Bowlers. So I'm with you, Joe, and that's kind of my point about Michael Vick. Matt Ryan has a real chance. Maybe to get into the Hall of Fame. Nah, it might take a nah, while. Nah, nah, I'm not going to let you He's get an away MVP. with that. All right. <laughs> with the era of passing that we've had in the last 25 years in the NFL, uh-huh. those passing numbers are so skewed right now that the guys that have played recently have racked up so many yards that when it comes time to be in the Hall of Fame, if you're not a Brady, a Manning, a Breeze, you're not getting into the Hall of Fame. Even a guy like Philip Rivers is going to have a hard time at the quarterback position because it's become so skewed towards passing stats in today's NFL. And really, the thing you're going to have to have as a quarterback to be able to get in the NFL is not just a bunch of passing yards. You're going to have to have a Super Bowl win. So you have to have a yeah. Super Bowl win. But that I think you that, have to have a Super Bowl win. What I say, you, like y'all said, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Michael Vick. You can't tell the story of the NFL without Matt Ryan. 28 to 3 is etched in stone oh, on tablets, on tab tattoos, Tom Brady's legend. You cannot <laughs> tell it. So point, there is a up. case to be made in his legacy, but you're right. Like his career here in Atlanta, he's definitely not as revered as Michael Vick that's, at all. And he had them numbers. If that's the case, there's a lot of members of that 0 and 16 Cleveland Browns team that are also Hall of Famers, because you also can't tell that whole thing uh NFL history without them. That's right. We're all Matt Ryan all also has an MVP, Joe. That's that's an MVP. Oh, that's a good point. He's an MVP. Right. He's seventh all time with sixty two thousand yards passing. But I agree, Michael Vick obviously is the one you can't tell the NFL story without. All right, let's get into some NFL news right after this break. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about all things NFL. And I cannot wait to get into some of these topics here on the Tomahawk Show. All right, before we get into the segment called Grade the Take, where Joe and I grade the takes that we see on social media or in other sports media shows, we got to give a shout out to our girl Sid Colson uh, from the Las Vegas Aces, who won another WNBA championship, and she was seen twerking all over social media. <laughs> um, and that the reason why that's funny is because Sid's my girl, but it ain't a it ain't a it ain't a bunch back there. You know what I'm saying? But she she definitely puts it down. Look, they got they got the Aces on the slam cover. We asked Juju last week who he thought was going to win the championship. And he was too coward to make a, to make yes. a pick. But, but I'm going to ask yes. you now, Juju, is it the outcome you expected or are you satisfied you know, with the series, how it went? I predicted this down to the last second uh, win. <laughs> oh, like, everything cat. that happened, I predicted correctly. I was scared last week, but I'm not ashamed. I'm shaking out the shackles. I'm going to reveal I was completely right. I'm so sorry to have to do it. But yeah, uh, yeah you just... salute to the aces, man. But they just got the, the, the Liberty's number. For some reason, John Quayle Jones and uh, and Brianna Stewart, they played so not like themselves that mm-hmm. last game. It was so embarrassing to go out. I think Brianna Stewart was three of 18 shooting. Wow. MVP. And <laughs> just pulled the panties down, spanked them on national television once again. Hey, so congrats to the champions. Anytime the MVP doesn't show up in, in that way is – that's tough. That's tough, right? We, we we all talk about the best players showing up in the big moments. So shout out to the Las Vegas Aces, specifically our girl, Sia Colson, who I'm sure we will have on once things settle down and she is uh, sobers up from all the celebrating that I'm seeing her hmm. seeing her do. Um, okay, so let's get into our grade to take. And again, we're going to go through some of the tweets that we've seen on social media about things going on in the NFL. And we want you to grade the take. And we'll jump around and I'll do some. Joe will do some. We'll even throw a couple to our dude, Juju. Number one, Joe, are you ready? Ready. All right. Mac Jones did his best Brady impression, leading the Patriots in a late game drive and win over the Bills. The victory was head coach Bill Belichick's 300th win. 
Colin Cowherd tweeted after the game, Mac Jones, a legend is born. My question, Joe, is, is Mac Jones the second coming of Brady, or is this simply <laughs> one good afternoon? Please grade Colin Cowherd's take. Uh, I believe his take was an A because it was meant to be tongue-in-cheek. It was not meant to be serious. There's (laughs) no way that he believes a legend is born after that performance. Uh, The Bills are not for real. So, yeah, they beat the Bills, and everybody thought that the Bills were going to be this great team when the season started. But they're 4-3 and right now. They don't really know who they are. Josh Allen really is needing of a transformation in the same way that Lamar Jackson has transformed his game a little bit. With Josh Allen, what made him special was his ability to just do superhuman things, running the football, taking these incredible chances, and opening himself up to potential injury, trying to lead his team down the field by running the football. And it's just not sustainable. And so he's been trying to throw the football a little bit more, but he needs to develop more as a passer. Maybe that has something to do with the offense that he's in, but I think what you've seen with Lamar Jackson uh, and what he showed this weekend uh just completely uh boat racing uh who the fuck did they play i don't even remember who they played it was so bad oh it was the detroit <laughs> lions. lions that's right they boat raced the lions who everyone thought was this crazy good team uh but they're re- he's become a really really good passer and then he uses the legs off of that mm. when he can safely get down and get down the field and make that impact felt uh josh allen hasn't figured that out quite yet Mm. and so i'm not really a bills believer and i think until he kind of figures out how to have that proper balance of pass first and then run when you can to keep that threat available that's when they're going to maybe take that next step but just because the patriots uh won one game i am not a mac jones believer i'm not even Sure, he's going to make it through the entire season as the starter (laughs) because he's been so horrible up until this point. It's hard to really argue that he should be the starter for the whole season just because of one game even. I love the irony of you downplaying winning one game when there is plenty of video evidence of you and myself crying after we got our one win in the 2015 season and we went one one and 15. Um, Juju, and we all should have been cut because <laughs> we, we sucked. Just I could not like, more. We should have been what's on the going podcast. on right now. If we would have been cut in that moment. Think about this, Joe. I think about this way too often. If we would have been cut in 2015 and we said, you know what, man, let's start a podcast. Had we started this podcast in 2015, do you know how much richer we would be right now? Like, if we would have just stopped, there was a picture that I saw on the internet. It was like myself, Will Compton, you, and maybe it was like, uh, Will Blackman, like we were playing the Redskins. And I'm like, if we would have just stopped in the middle of that play, walked off the field and started a podcast, <laughs> we'd all be making like $20 million a year right now in media. Because right. we would have we would have changed the game. But hindsight is 2020. All right, let's keep and going. And we would have been able to avoid one and 31 <laughs> over my last two seasons of the NFL, which that wouldn't have been fun because ah. – I think that's what put me in the Hall of Fame, just yes. like we said. You know, can't you can't the tell the story of the NFL without that's how Joe you Thomas going one and thirty-one his last two <laughs> seasons of his career. That makes so much sense now. How do you tell the NFL story without one and thirty-one? You need at least one member. Who was the best member of that terrible team? Joe Thomas. Right. Boom. First ballot Hall of Famer. All right, next right, ten. And, and look, hold on before we leave this one. Uh-huh. It's salute to the Patriots for getting it done. But we are talking about the same Buffalo Bills who eked out of victory against your New York Giants and, and should have lost that game with the with the pass yeah. interference not called in the end zone against Darren Waller. So as much as we want to give the credit and Colin Cowherd, you know what I mean? That's a crazy tweet. You're a little bit off bit, bro, because the Bills ain't the Bills no more. All right, well, that's what I'm going to go to you next with, Juju. Stephen A. Smith was asked who, which fan base should be more hopeless, the Giants or the Patriots. Stephen A. Smith mm. said the Giants should be more hopeless. Uh, he's a New Yorker, so that that's probably why he says that. But greatest take, are you in agreement with him? Not, I'm not in, in agreement with him because we know the Boston mass holes. They 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 breathe different. They 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 bleed different, uh-huh. and they need stuff to go right. The Boston Celtics lose two games, they fire in the coach. You feel me? So <laughs> I think the the Patriots fans are in a little bit worse shape because. I don't see nothing on the horizon for them. At least I can see the Giants dropping the ball by taking uh, Tyrod Taylor out next game and putting Daniel Jones in. So then mm-hmm. they got something to argue about at the game. Oh, they should put Tyrod in, and they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But the Patriots have no hope. They have no quarterback room. Their their coaches, he thinks he's the man too much, and he's not making the correct changes, and they're getting these little wins, and they're thinking that it means something. I don't see a good future for them boys. Yeah, it's hard to argue that, man. I think I think they both should be equally hopeless. Um, but I will give it – it's like an either-or. I'd give it a pass 
It's not even an A through F. It's like a pass or fail. It's a pass, and either either question would have been right. All of the above, which is what the take was. All right, I, now I'm going to grade a take. This is from Michael. By Lord. the way, Stephen A. Smith is an Eagles fan, so it's no surprise that he's going <laughs> to shit yeah. on the Giants. Yeah, that's smart. There's, you can find the bias in everybody's take. It's, yeah, it's not yeah, all of the crumbs are there. We don't even try to hide it anymore. Clearly, I mean, look at the show colors. Anyway, all right. The next, the next take I'm grading is from Michael Irvin. He talked about OBJ, and he said he has to adopt a new mantra. He has to say, I'm healthy, I'm fine, I'm ready, it's my time. And this is in um, reaction to OBJ struggling a little bit, and he's coming off of an injury, he's an older player. You know I love Michael Irvin. I'm going to give this take, uh, I'm going to give it a D as much as I love Mike. And the reason why I'm going to give it a D is because, yeah, typically if you're coming back from injury, you do have to get over it a little bit, right? There is that purgatory period where you're just trying to, feel like you're trusting yourself again. And obviously for OBJ, that was his second knee injury. So that does have an effect. But at the same time, when you're over 30, there's only so much you can do. Injuries at 30 plus versus injuries at 24 are completely different, right? I would say that is a take for a young version of OBJ. My advice to OBJ would, would be to like, yo, learn your, your new game. Because the players that ha- kind of have a second chance at it or – develop or mature and evolve into a like another shot at a three four five year run are the ones that understand that you are not the same person just naturally father time does his thing and you figure out your new version of the game and I think we're watching OBJ trying to figure that out he actually had a really good game this past weekend uh, probably his best one so far but that would be my advice to OBJ at the moment so by the way, Hawk, me and my son, Jack, we watched Wide Receiver Wednesday or Wide Out Wednesday you liked it? when you were on NFL Live last <laughs> week. It was amazing. And now every day since, of course, when you're seven, you don't know what day of the week it is. Every day he goes, Dad, is it Wide Out Wednesday today? Every day we wake <laughs> up. That's the first thing he says. And I'm like, it's Sunday, buddy. Uh, you should know at least what day is Sunday because it's when the Browns play. However, it's true the follow-up player. to that is, what does OBJ need to do within his game to mm. be able to take that next step, to be able to evolve into a different player? Yeah. You're the expert on Wideout Wednesday. I feel like this is going to be a tremendous answer. I love that. Thank you for teeing me <laughs> up. The so Sonian I, quality. There, there is like, I mean, when you're in the NFL, the first, we'll call it three years of your career, um, you are you are thriving off of physical ability. It's what you get drafted for. It's where your potential truly lies. The reason why your big contract is your second contract is now you have three years of experience. Right. And now the expectation is you are still at your physical peak, but now you have the real life, true to form experience of being out there. So now you have the answer to the test to match up with your physical ability. After that second contract, your physical ability goes out the window. It's not completely gone. And some people can prolong it maybe for half of another contract, but then you're just thriving off of your experience. Right. So now you're using your mind more than you are using your physical. You're working smarter, not harder. And I think for OBJ, as I watch him, run his routes and do his thing, you know, he's trying to do the, the stop goal, the pretty stuff that we've always seen him do forever. And after two knee surgeries and being 31 years old, it's just not the same. It's not as effective as it used to be. So I would say my advice to OBJ would be to start to be a little bit more crafty and understand that that clock is going a little quicker. So you're not able to accelerate at the rate you used to. And again, that that is a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. But the players that I've seen do it have been very successful in that second half. I remember Miles Garrett, when we played with him in the Browns, he was the shotgun. He was everything for the Cowboys. He was the hot shot, big, deep threat, short, this, fat, fast, all these things. And when he came to the Browns, you know, he was a little, he was older, didn't have as much quickness, was a little bigger. And I don't think OBJ is even at that point yet. But what Miles did was he adopted straight up, like, yo, I'm going to be the third down guy. I'm going to be... The guy that everybody relies on, I'm going to be the smart guy. I'm going to block. I'm going to put my team in position. When my team needs a catch on a slant, uh, a stop route for a first down, I'm going to be the go-to guy to get it, and that's going to open up everything down the field. That's where I need OBJ. Zay Flowers is so very clearly the home run hitter at this point that OBJ was used to being, and so it's just taking a little bit of a time for OBJ to realize, okay, here's what my place and my role is here. And actually, again, in last game, he played that role really, really well. Thank you for teeing me up there and getting, giving me the opportunity to show that I'm not just a buffoon. I actually do know a little bit of football. All right, we got Great one answer. more take. My for, pleasure. For both of you yeah. to grade. Family feud, good answer. Yes, I appreciate it. Great job. All right, so I tweeted out. This is the grade that you're both you're both going to grade. I'm going to give it to Juju first because I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give Joe on the back end of this. I tweeted, Miles Garrett might be the Browns' best offensive player. Legit. <laughs> Juju. I agree. Grade the take. <laughs> 
is an A plus 100 even. <laughs> like, yes, sir, he did it all yesterday. Without him, nothing is possible yesterday. Oh, my goodness. He looking better than every he receiver line up Garrett and the quarterback. <laughs> he just, you feel me? <laughs> Salute to Miles Garrett, teeing it off to Joe. He said, through Miles Garrett, all things are possible. Joe, what do you got? Great to take. Miles Garrett uh, is the Browns' best offensive player. Yeah, I didn't know that the Miles Garrett was in the Bible, but apparently he is <laughs> because through him, all things are possible if you're a Browns <laughs> offensive player. And that was a great tweet. I'm surprised it didn't come across my Twitter feed with uh, thousands Algorithm, and millions man. of likes. I think Elon Thousand millions of likes because that that's legit. I mean, the man jumped over a center to block a field goal, which is almost impossible with today's rules because you're not allowed to be more than one yard from the line of scrimmage when you start to try to block a field goal. And when you jump, you're not allowed to land on any of the offensive players and you can't touch them either. So it's like basically standing. <laughs> it's almost impossible. Yeah, it's like <laughs> basically standing right next to your office desk and just jumping all the way over it without <laughs> touching it from a standing start. And then not only just landing on the ground and rolling down, like then leaping back up into the air to block a field goal. Like the things that he does is completely remarkable. I think he's the best athlete that I've ever been on the field with. And now, of course, I'd have to think back of all the great athletes I've played yeah. with, but I can't Thank think you. of one Thank that's bigger, that, yeah. faster, stronger, yeah. and that is more explosive than Miles Garrett. And he's shown it. I mean, I've been saying it for a while that he's been playing at the defensive player of the year level for a while. But the Browns just haven't been good enough for people to notice. And to be able to get noticed as a pass rusher, you got to have leads, you got to have wins so that you can get those sack numbers. Uh, because that's when you get sacks in the NFL, is when you're winning the game mm. and the other team has to throw the football and the quarterback has to hang on to the ball and they can't double team or chip you anymore. Literally, he he scored the points. Like it they, he blocks that field goal, they go down and get a field goal, and then he strip sacks the quarterback for a touchdown. And that's happened in multiple <laughs> weeks. Like he literally is the source of a lot of the Browns points and why they're four and two. So we talk about defensive player of the year. If he was able to keep this ridiculous pace up, he should be in the running for MVP because it's nuts because he is literally scoring the points and stopping the opposing offenses. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with a little run pass option. Get some more NFL talk in. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, welcome back. We're going to get into our favorite segment here, Run Pass Option. This is a segment where uh, Joe and I read a topic, and then we have the option to either run with it, talk about it for a minute, or pass on it, and then the other person gets a chance to run with it. Um, and then we also get, I think, one 30 to 45-second rebuttal that we never adhere to. I don't know. We're still figuring out the rules. <laughs> now there's three of us. Nat's not here to read them, so we're just going to go with it. And Juju, as always, jump in where you see fit, brother, all right? Topic number now, y'all one. Y'all don't want me to read. I can tell y'all don't want me to read anymore after my yeah, debacle. My I mean, week if, one debacle. Yeah, yeah. No. Bring it back. Snap. I mean, uh, no, snap I like it. the game. It was I'm entertaining. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, man. It wasn't It wasn't a great audition for it. Um, so in the interest of time, we're just we're just going to read it out. And then uh, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep doubling back. You were improvising. You were changing the question. Damn, Hawk. It was a lot going on, Juju. <laughs> I, a lot going on, man. I I know where we was headed with those ones. All right. <laughs> All right. Topic number one, uh, Deshaun Watson. After missing multiple weeks with a shoulder injury that has been a major source of confusion, Deshaun Watson returned for exactly five throws against the Colts. He gets hurt. He gets put in the concussion protocol, and he does not return. P.J. Walker finishes the game, and they do end up winning. Joe. Run pass option on the situation that Deshaun Watson and the Browns are in. One of my favorite scenes in Bad Santa is when they're negotiating over how much uh, Billy Bob Thornton and uh, the the little person 
are going to split when they steal the money. And he goes, <laughs> half. Oh, no, it's it's Bernie Mac. Half. He keeps going, half. Well, I'm going to say pass because I ain't touching <laughs> this with the 10-foot pole. With my love and affiliation with the Browns, I will let somebody else take this topic right now. Very smart. Very smart. All right, we're going to pass it to Juju. Juju, run pass <laughs> option on the Deshaun Watson situation. Pass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, a lot of, a lot of scared people right here scared money's not making any money over yeah, here man. Hawk, somebody's making money and it's deshaun watson all right next topic we're gonna go to <laughs> lamar jackson which is a topic i feel like we should jump into and i might even double this up because i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna rope it into the the following topic which we kind of touched on already all right so the ravens dismantled the five and one Lions, the team that I was on national media talking about that they were the best team in the NFC. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson made them look like a college and, and not a power five college. I'm talking Sunbelt <laughs> level. All right. He goes for 357 yards passing, three touchdowns, and he rushed for another one. Seems like Lamar Jackson is on his way back. And not only that, he's playing the football that everybody had always hoped and imagined he was capable of. Joe, is he an MVP? Run pass. I guess there's no third option. Run or pass. Run pass or yeah. run pass or just run. I'm gonna. <laughs> I think we took a knee in the Deshaun Watson one, so uh, I'm I'm gonna run with this one because I I've always really enjoyed watching Lamar Jackson. He's been a lot of fun, but I think the addition with Todd Munkin coming in and giving him some legitimate passing concepts that you see in the NFL, not just dump it down mm-hmm. to your tight end has been tremendous for his game because now he's pushing the football down the field. Mm-hmm. He's making defenses cover every blade of grass, which is not good because now they got to cover him with his legs up front and also the middle of the field throwing to the tight ends, and he's throwing the football down the field. So at 5-1 and one right now, uh, sorry, are they 5-1? and 4-2, and, and I believe. 5-2. and two. Yep. They, they have not had their bye yet. Uh, at 5-2, and two, when you're in the lead in, in the NFL record-wise and your quarterback's playing lights out the way Lamar Jackson is, you're absolutely in the MVP race, especially the way Lamar Jackson's doing it. 357 yards, passing, three touchdowns, and he added another 36 yards rushing and another touchdown on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's the weapon that I think people have seen in a little bit of spots in mm-hmm. the past. Um, and if he plays at this level the rest of the season, he's absolutely going to be one of the top two or three guys getting votes for MVP. I love it. All right, so I'm not going to let you rebuttal this, Juju, because we're going to rope this together. I'm going to give you the next topic, and then we're going to come back to it. You started to talk about it already, but the Patriots upset the Bills on Sunday with Josh Allen throwing an INT on his very first pass of the game. Allen said that the game, that he didn't know what was causing the Bills to have such slow starts, and they sit at four and three, This season, the honeymoon phase with Josh Allen and the Bills seems to be coming to a close here, Juju. Are the Bills in fraud territory? We all want to know. Juju, run or pass on this topic? I'm going to run on this topic. They are exactly in their fraud territory, but the injuries they have on the defensive side of the ball keeps it from being complete for us because Big okay. Milano is the man. You feel me? Like they got a lot of injuries and even Vaughn being in and out. I think that their offense definitely needs to come to Jesus meeting soon mm-hmm. or sit down with Sean McDermott because I think he should be on the hot seat. There's just doggy ear that. But mm. I definitely think they're in fraud territory, but not necessarily on target for frauds. I don't see them having a great season this year. I see one of them destroy and rebuild seasons. Them signing Trent Sherfield as they be a receiver, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> okay, guys. I see one of these years. Y'all miss about back Cole Beasley for all of that. And him and Stefan. I don't want to hear no more Cole Beasley mixtapes. I promise. Snagger too fast. Look, him and him and Stefan, they always going through a little something, something. But I think this this season might be a little too tall of a task. All right. So, all right. So we feel like the bills are in fraud territory. It's like when you're on your, your ways app, it's like you're arriving at your destination <laughs> soon, right? That's where in the five bills minutes. are. Yeah. Five yeah. minutes away. Sean McDermott <laughs> just should bad. definitely be on the hot seat. If we're going to put Bill Belichick on the hot seat for his couple of bad seasons and yep. with all the success that he's had, Sean McDermott for what they have in Josh Allen, if he is who we say and think he is, if Stefan Diggs is who we say and think he is, if this defense mm-hmm. is as talented as we say it is, and they are playing to the level of the Giants, the Jets, the Patriots, the Jaguars, who is a solid team, but it should be more competitive in those moments. 
then absolutely there, there, there should be some conversation around Sean McDermott and his job security. Brings me to my next question. Here on the Tomahawk Show, years ago, this is how long we've been doing this show, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were incoming rookies. And mm. we debated this, Joe. We talked mm. about who was going to have the better career. Who was the one mm. that was more exciting? Who was the one that we had more faith in? It seems mm. like your tune has changed a little bit because back in the day, you said it was clearly Josh Allen. Now, this is pre-Lamar MVP and all the big money and all the things. We've kind of doubled back. So my question to you, Joe, is... As it stands right now, you are starting a franchise tomorrow for the next 10 years. Who are you signing first, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? My fear with Lamar Jackson has always been his ability to avoid injury Mm -hmm. because he's getting banged up and then the team stinks. They go in the tank. If you look at their record, they're significantly better when he's out there, which makes sense because he's a great player. So starting a franchise, you got to be a little bit concerned about a guy who's going to get hurt, right? Like Deshaun Watson right now can't stay healthy for the Browns. Uh, And so not being out there as a quarterback is a big problem because it's not like, oh, it's easy to just Mm. move your receiver over there and play quarterback and it's no big deal. Like if your guard gets hurt, ah, we'll just put the tackle over there. Nobody will notice the difference. Okay. Uh, So with that being said, okay, Josh Allen exposes himself to a lot of hits just the same way. Maybe okay. even I was hope, hits. I was hoping you Lamar got Jackson because I was about so to dismantle this whole argument. I'm glad you got there because I was therefore <laughs> I was making my notes. I was going with the pump fake. Okay, getting you to think I was going to go with Josh <laughs> Allen, but Lamar Jackson has done a very good job of protecting himself this year. He's thrown the football more, like we just talked about with Todd mm-hmm. Munkin's offense. Um, and I actually think long term, just if they were both nameless, faceless quarterbacks, I think Lamar Jackson has a better chance the way he's playing right now to stay injury-free long-term than Josh Allen does because of those huge hits that Josh Allen still uh, likes to expose himself to. So I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Mm, I love and that. he's playing better. I love I, I love a take reversal. This is, this is like All evolution. Right. This is like we talked about with OBJ and older players evolving to be better. This is Joe evolving to be better. It's hard for... People in sports media, right. it, it, it's hard to change your take. <laughs> what happens is you you pick a side of the line, and then you just ride with that till till the wheels fall off. And you just redirect, and you change everything to make it fit like you knew what you were talking about. Joe, you're at a next level right now, brother. You are. Uh, yeah. He hits you, he you with the stop and go. He used to hit you with the hook. Right? He used to hit you with the hook. That's the comeback and go right there. That is it. All right, so we're going to the next topic. we got about three minutes here in this run-pass option segment. It's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was traded to the Oakland Raiders with many thinking that he was he and then Raiders quarterback could be the next big thing in the AFC. Um, Obviously, Derek Carr, who he has a very, very good relationship with and his college quarterback. That has not been the case. Jimmy G has come in. Jimmy G has been injured. Now there is a carousel around the quarterback position. Most recently, our boy, Brian Hoyer, who is 38 years old playing in the NFL and unfortunately looked like someone 38 years old playing in the NFL this past season. So people have been saying Devontae Adams needs to come out and request a trade so he does not waste the prime years of his career. Juju, run or pass on the Devontae Adams situation? I want to run, brother. Like, I feel so bad for Devontae, as bad as I could feel for him, because like you said, he went there to play with his homie. He he went there to to, to get some nostalgia in his life, and he looked up, and now he see damn Brian uh, Hoyer throwing him the ball. And, on and that, the ghost of that's Nathan a, Peter. He's a member of the Tomahawk, man, Brian Hoyer. We, yeah, don't, we, don't, we will not stand we will by not this Brian okay. Hoyer Brian Hoyer <laughs> slander. <laughs> All right, he didn't play well. He didn't back. play well. No, he's, he was saying, terrible, right, but that's my right. dog, Give me right. I love him. <laughs> You're right. Give me right. I got to stay back in line. I, <laughs> I also, I just feel for the brother because I can see that frustration building up in him. And you know the wide receivers, they they got a reputation of being divas. So he mm, wants the yeah, ball, but know. the team ain't even matching that energy with him right now. It's frustrating to see, but hey, man, Caleb Williams coming down the pipe, man. If, if you can if you can stay healthy and stay patient, that's a good future to look forward to in Las Vegas. But mm. I feel for him, Joe. Everybody trying to get Caleb Williams. He can't go to everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think the Raiders are going to be the worst team in the NFL. I don't think they're in the Caleb Williams they don't think uh, so. sweepstakes. <laughs> no, nah, not with Devontae Dang. Adams. He actually is going to be the one to keep them away from getting Caleb Williams. <laughs> All right, that does it for the run-pass option segment of today's Tomahawk Show. We're going to come back and get into some extra points as we close out our NFL chats. 
right, we're going to jump around a little bit in extra points because that's what it's for. We just get to topics that we haven't talked about, and we feel like we're passionate enough to go a little deeper. We're going to keep it quick here. This actually probably should have been in the grade-to-take segment, but it is something I want to get you guys' thoughts on. Emmanuel Acho tweeted out, with the national championship hopes gone, Caleb Williams should consider sitting out the rest of the season. The Heisman is a long shot. College football playoffs are even less likely, and he will not be playing in the bowl game more than likely. The risk of playing far outweighs the reward. Business decision. Caleb Williams, sit it down. Joe, thoughts? So I can't really understand if his take is that he should sit down because the more he plays, the more they realize that he's not that good, which I don't agree with that take because Uh I think the more he plays, the more reversion to the mean he's going to get. And that means that he's a really good player in my eyes. And so the more he plays, the more opportunity you are to see that, hey, just these couple bad games were just a blip on the radar. And it was because of, you know, schematic issues or maybe some of the issues with guys on his team um, and that he is a tried and true first overall bona fide stud at that quarterback position. Or I can't figure out if Acho's take is he might get hurt. So he might as well just not play anymore right now. Yeah. Um, which if that's your take, then he shouldn't have played it all this year. He should have just right. sat down and not played for one game. <laughs> yeah. If he was worried about getting injured because he was going to be the number one pick coming into this season and really nothing right. he could have done during the season would have made a bit of a difference. So I think the takes bad because it doesn't make it sense on either one of those levels. Yeah. To, the worst thing you could possibly do, if you had options, sit out the whole season, finish the season, and maybe potentially get hurt or stop in the middle of the season, I would yeah. say by far the third option. <laughs> it's the worst option. It's the only right. no-win situation you could put yourself in. There's a lot of things you can debate. Doing that will probably plummet your draft stock. It will probably yes. make everyone in the public hate you. Um, and then also <laughs> it makes the place that you left, you know, they don't feel like they 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 have any love for you as a distinguished alumni, and the place you're going isn't excited about it. So I would agree with all that, Juju. Yeah, yeah, Lincoln Riley would lose his mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you say that thing, come out of his lips to Lincoln Riley if you want to. Yeah, man, I think that's that take is, I mean, you got it, you're getting clicks. I think that's what that was for because his heart would be questioned forever if he did that. His determination and dedication would be questioned forever. And like you said, bro, you was the number one pick last year. If you right, didn't want right. to play, don't play. Don't so play. I agree with, with Joe 100% yet again. All right, the next and, one. Hey, well, real quick, take. let me know if I'm wrong, but isn't he getting like, 10 ish million dollars in NIL type money right now. Probably. So the whole argument used to be like, Oh, co- college players shouldn't play in the bowl game or they yeah, shouldn't play their point. senior year or whatever, because they're not getting paid. And so they should just wait to get drafted. Well, he is getting paid. Yeah. So what happens mm-hmm. to the NIL money? If he would sit out the rest of the season, like does USC come back for it? Do these boosters that are paying him? Does like subway and all the I'm, other people that have commercials, like immediately pull his commercials and take some of that money back. So uh, the third layer is that you're going to lose money by doing that. So that'd be idiotic. Yeah. Just right. keep the money. Cause I'm coming from my bread. Man. If you leave and I gave you subway money, no pun intended. I'm coming for my bread. Simple as that. All right, Joe, this next one, you're going to be an expert at Jonathan Allen. From the Commanders. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but he was asked after the, the the Washington Commanders lost to the Falcons, right? They lost to the Falcons. His quote was saying, uh, it's been seven, seven effing years of the same shit. Um, and he kind of went on. And he's like, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Um, seven years of losing. he lost to the Giants. The Giants. Yeah, yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, I said yeah, Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So the Giants beat him 14 to 7. Um what were your thoughts, Joe? Do you have do you have a reaction to that as someone again who has been a part of a lot of losing seasons? Not to keep you know harping on that, but it is a part of our story. Uh, did you have a take? What What were your thoughts of his reaction post game? Yeah, I, I can sense his frustration and I feel his pain because uh, I dealt with. Did you feel like losing? My rookie year, we won ten and six. And then we never had another winning season for the next ten years. Uh, so I get it. However, when you're one of the leaders of the team, what you can't do is express the frustration <laughs> and the disappointment of not ever being able to turn it around. Which is kind of what he was saying. Like, oh, it's the same old shit every year. Like we suck and we're never going to get any better. Like you can feel that way in your heart, but. Don't air that dirty laundry in the locker room because now you're going to have young and impressionable teammates that are right. in there looking at you going, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't study that extra game film after practice today and I'm going to go home and play video games with my buddy because it's not going to matter. We suck anyway and we're not going to get any better. So right. I think it's really dangerous for one of the stars and one of the leaders on the team to express that frustration out loud 
of right. we're never going to be able to turn it around and it's been like this forever. Like you can be pissed about the game and go off on players like we suck. You, we didn't play up to our standards and blah, blah, blah to motivate them to get better the next week. But uh, this is like a throwing in the towel type speech where you got to keep <laughs> that inside, buddy. All right. Well, I, I guess that that's a great point. That's what I would expect you to say. And I think you're everyone would agree there. I guess getting a little deeper, right? Because this is a Tomahawk show. We keep it real. How close were you to feeling that in your career with the Browns? At what point? Did those thoughts get as close to possible, right? I, I know you always going to take the PC route, but what is the what is the real? Was there a point? You in mean the, you yeah, mean the thoughts of me asking for a trade, or the thoughts of I me wanting to go trade. off in the locker room and complain about how we always suck? Yeah, that the, the <laughs> latter, because I don't think it's a trade <laughs> thing. You had the opportunity to get traded, you passed on it. We've covered that. We all know that story. I would say, like when you were as frustrated as possible, yeah. right? I know the zero and sixteen seems like the easy answer, but I would say before that, before we went on the one and thirty one run, was yeah. there a moment that you were like, "Yo, this is this this shit is getting tough, man," and I, you know, we got to yeah, figure something I, out. I've uh, never blown off steam by just like yelling uh, uh, unconscionably like that has never made me feel better. Like Uh the way that I blow off steam or feel better about frustrating situations is just like dive in and work like harder at something and like grind it out, which is a very PC answer. I'm sorry for giving that to you again, but that's like (laughs) how my brain works a little bit. Um, And if if anything, I would just uh, probably go home and, and beat up Hawk. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. At his apartment, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would make me feel better. Yeah, yeah, it just use Man, me as been a there. I, I ain't been, I ain't never played a snap of football in my life, not even flag. But I done been there. I had ten consecutive years in the streets where I was broke as hell, John John. Like I, everything <laughs> I was trying out, I was selling the wrong stuff. Mm. I was making the wrong moves. Damn. I done been there. Locker room me after at one night after the random ten years, yeah, I would have said the same thing on Mike. <laughs> so you was hustling you in the street, Juju. Was I? Were you a bad hustler? Is that the problem? Were you just not? Nah, man, I'm the Browns. I'm the Browns and hustling. Oh man, that's great. Talented hustle. You're you're definitely a member of the Tomahawk Show. You fit in great. Oh man, you're you're the Browns of street hustling. I love it. (laughs) Welcome to the flock, Juju. All right, welcome to the flock. Next topic. uh, Our dude, Pat McAfee. So Pat McAfee. You know, he's obviously controlling the sports media world at this point. I mean, Disney and ESPN is paying them every dollar that they can um, at any turn, putting them on every show. He's obviously built an empire for himself, for his own show and his ability to license it to other places. And just by kind of doing his thing with his friends, which is super, super dope and admirable in any stretch of the imagination. So the Athletic took a poll and they asked about his... Uh, inclusion into the college game day experience. And they add, they basically did uh, approval ratings and his rates were 48% said they did not like him on the show. 30% said they liked him. And then I think the rest of them were just like, Hey, we don't really have an opinion. We don't care either way to which Pat McAfee responded on Twitter. He said, I've seen it. Everyone's sending it to me for this reason. I actually haven't re-signed to come back to college game day a year from now because this is an old guard and this is what they're used to. And if they don't want me a part of the show, I certainly don't want to ruin their experience. But to the 30%, shout out to you in this Pennsylvania accent. So, Joe, (laughs) Juju, what are your thoughts, man? Number one, what are your thoughts on the athletic taking this poll, which I'm I'm curious of, but also overall around the Pat McAfee experience that is taking over the sports media landscape? Go ahead, Juju. Yeah, I mean, like you said, this poll is a questionable poll to be putting out. Who crunched those numbers and who 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 really read the right? You know, I don't know about yeah, all yeah. that. I didn't talk to anybody. I don't know anyone. But I think that the Pat McAfee experience it brings more life into these broadcasts because, like, some of this stuff be looking like CBS ashy. Uh, ashy mm. programming for a while, <laughs> and then Pat McAfee come and splash. Are they on the same team as us? <laughs> Brian Hoyer and CBS. Brian CBS. Hoyer. Sorry, this is on CBS simulcast. Dude, you oh. can't talk shit about look, ashy ass CBS. Look, somebody find me. I'm. I'm. Look, I'm gonna cut my camera off and go to the bathroom. <laughs> I have committed all the fines today. No, I no, have no more good. takes. That was take a good take. I'm sorry. I liked it. <laughs> But yeah, man, I, I enjoy the Pat McAfee experience uh, as a whole because mm-hmm. I, I I think it's cool and it's it's just something to look up to. No matter how old he is, it's just he does so many things and did the wrestling and yep. then he does his show and he was a he's an actual member of the football like alumni like that's yeah. cool. Be that as a man as a punter or whatever, it's just always something to aspire to. 
and he he does the shows with his his friends that the ones that he cares about. So the if, if they're wearing him out over there on that other platform, I think it's big of him to even acknowledge that and say, mm-hmm. hey, if I'm not wanted here, I will go back over here where I'm more so accepted. I love it. Joe, give me your 45 second take. Yeah, Pat McAfee, I think he was our first guest on the Tomahawk Show, which was cool. And I've always respected everything that he does in media because he's super talented. He understands the game and not just for a punter. I know that's what people are going to say. Oh, he's just a punter. Like he really understands the football game. He knows players. He's like very deep in his knowledge. When you actually listen to what he's saying, he has really great takes that aren't just bombastic WWE type takes. But I think that's what potentially turns him off to a lot of the college game day off uh, uh, fan base because a lot of those people are ashy gray heads from cbs that <laughs> oh. are you know they've been they've been watching the same thing the same programming that's very vanilla for a long time mm-hmm. and they kind of like that pre-game version of uh college game day and so pat mcafee is very different i think he does do a good job of bringing in some of like the younger viewers and people yeah. that do like more of an entertaining wwe type style which i kind of like i think it's entertaining i think he's funny i think he does a great job but Hey, man, if they get rid of him, he'll go somewhere else and probably make twice as much as what he's making right now on ESPN. As he, one thing Pat McAfee would do every time is run run it up. He'll run that back. He is the opposite of Juju as a street hustler. That man knows <laughs> yes, exactly how to get to the money. And I, that's what I love about Pat McAfee is because he does his thing his way. So no matter what you think about him, it, I mean, it is a goal. It should be a goal of anybody to be able to get paid to be themselves. And nobody gets paid more and is themselves more at their job than Pat McAfee is. So... If it's not your cup of tea, you don't know what to do with the remote. But I, I love the fact that they're looking to innovate and looking to change up what has been probably a pretty stale sports media landscape for somewhat 30, 40, 50 years because we kind of just all do the same thing. And this is where everything is going. So it might not make sense to those old guards that you guys talk about. But the people in our demographic that want more authenticity, they have an appetite to see things, how they really are, people who say what they want. Um, I think it'll be successful. So, Pat. Don't worry about the haters, man. Keep doing you. And that does it for today's Tomahawk Show. We thank you to the DraftKings Network. Shout out to Metal Arc Media. Shout out to my boy Juju Gotti. Uh, and, of course, Paul Brown from London, bruv, coming in and, and giving us some love early in the show. And, as always, my boy Joe Thomas, we appreciate you all for joining us here at the Tomahawk. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Joe, take us out. Joe, hawk yourself. <laughs> Thank you.